welcome to Common Ground, a podcast from the Washington Research Council. I am again on location. Last week, uh, I was on location at the state capitol to talk to Representative Brian Blake. And this week, I'm also at the capitol to speak with Representative Drew Stokesbury. Hey, how are you, Mary? Thanks for having me. Doing great. So, and I'm going to call you Drew for the rest of the podcast. Please do that. If that's all right. Yes, please. Um, You represent the 31st District. Correct. You're a Republican. Correct. And you are a state representative, and you are wearing a green tie. We are taping this on uh, St. Patrick's Day. So you are a relative youngster. You're 32 years old. You, mm-hmm. When were you elected? When was your first year? I was elected in 2014. 2014. Uh, you've got two young kids. Mm-hmm. One's like a baby. Well, he's not a baby anymore. He just had his first birthday oh, uh, two weekends ago. Okay. He's walking and... Wow. Yeah. And then you've got a... And then another is going to turn three in wow. about a month and a half. Right. Um, so you're a relative youngster, relative newcomer to the to the legislature. First of all, what... Uh, oh, and you're, you're a native of Olympia, but you currently live in Auburn. Yes. I, I grew up in Olympia, lived here my entire life, and then I went off to college on the East Coast, and when I moved back home... You went to Duke, right? I went to Duke University, okay. uh, studied Who are economics. You, are they in the March Madness? They are. They're going to win Who'd the national championship. For? Really? Oh, yes. Wow. They're, they're very good. Okay. Um, so I went, went to Duke. Uh, when I moved back home, I got a job working in King County. and right. At the council, uh, right? Uh, no, uh, for Attorney Just General Rob in- McKenna's re-election oh, campaign. right. Okay, In gotcha. 2008. And uh, the campaign office was in the on the east side. And I, as a young campaign staffer that probably was paid more in pizza than actual money, mm-hmm. uh, it was hard to find. It always makes me laugh when people are like, oh, you went into politics for the money. Like... Not, I mean, exactly, unless you're one of those politicians on yeah. the take, I, uh, you know, and you're getting graft or something, you're not really in it for the money. I had a voter call me up before an election And just for the record, time. you are not one of the politicians on the take. We just Correct. want to make That's that clear. That's what quick. I was going to say. I, yes. I, had a, I had a voter call me up right before an election, and he, he talked to me for about a half an hour, and basically what he was convinced of is that all politicians were on the take, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I said, well, I must be doing it wrong because I'll show you <laughs> exactly. my bank accounts. No, exactly. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, not it, really. It, and I know my husband is a former legislator, and after our first child, he actually made the decision to um, step down because it's like, and he didn't have a job where he could do, do both, and it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, no, we're not mm-hmm. in this for the money. Yeah. Anyway, so, so you so came I, back. I, I got a job working on the east side for Attorney General Rob McKenna's mm-hmm. campaign, and as people probably know, it's a little bit expensive to live there. Yeah, and, just a uh, The very south end of Auburn, actually so far south that it was on the Pierce County side, uh, was the closest to my office that had an apartment I could afford. Mm-hmm. So I moved there, but actually it's a fantastic neighborhood. Um, I got married about six months to a year later. My wife moved there, too. Uh, we really liked the area, so... When we left again a couple years later for law school, and then when mm-hmm. I came back, we oh, you um, married before you went to yeah. law school. Um, when I came back, we knew how much we liked the Auburn area, right? And uh, I was working in downtown Seattle for the King County Council at that point, but mm-hmm. we really liked Auburn, and so we bought a house in the same neighborhood that our apartment was in, and that's still where we live now. There you go. Yeah. And what made you want to go into office? Were you dropped on your head? That's something Dino no, Rossi. But I used some to work people- with Dino. So that must have been dropped on my head. I'll have to. I'll, I, I'm in a meeting with him later today, so there I'll have go. to ask him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 
you know, I grew up very interested in politics. Right. Uh, was was always fascinated by sort of political debates. Um, so when I was in college, uh, you know, I grew up here in Olympia, and it's sort mm-hmm. of an egalitarian community. And I went mm-hmm. to a, a school on the East Coast with a lot of kids from prep schools, and you know, we didn't oh, really even have prep oh, schools. And so Lord. my freshman Those year, I heard everybody so talking annoying. about their internships uh, on oh, Wall Street. Yes, and it took yes. me a month to realize that internship was just the fancy East Coast word for summer job. Uh, mm-hmm. So I decided I and well, they're rich enough to not well, get paid for it. Correct, exactly. Paid summer job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so I. I thought that I should have an internship, um, but I didn't really know what I wanted to do. But I knew I was interested in politics, mm-hmm. but I also didn't know what sort of jobs existed in the world of politics, except right. for congressman and president. And, I, yeah. you know, you can't really do that that's in not That's not so much a first step. Right. So, Unless you're Donald Trump. Yeah. <laughs> well, moving on. <laughs> uh, so, so I got home that summer. Um, not really sure what to do, and um, incidentally, my dad, actually, he knew one person in the world of politics, mm-hmm. actually bumped into him in a grocery store nice. first week I was home, and there they got go. to talking, and this guy said, oh, I know people that are connected with several campaigns uh, here in Washington State. Uh, why don't I arrange for interviews between the campaigns and, and your son? This is the guy talking to my dad. So mm-hmm. within a couple of days, I had uh, met with presidential campaign, gubernatorial campaign, wow. and, and uh, Rob McKenna's attorney general campaign. Mm-hmm. And everybody I met with was fantastic. But the, the bigger the campaign, the more narrow of uh, set of work they were going to have the intern yes, do. exactly. So the presidential campaign was just going to have me call people all day long. And, uh, and that didn't sound very Lord. fun. No, no, that's terrible. Uh, and the gubernatorial race was, was going to say I could pick a certain department to work in. Mm-hmm. And that sounded better, but I didn't even know what department I would want to pick. Right, you didn't know enough to know what um, you wanted to. And then Rob McKenna's campaign said, we've got two full-time staffers and a couple people that drop in from time to time to help out. And then the candidate so you can travel the state by Perfect. his side, do a little bit of everything. That's and for a great. guy that was interested in politics but didn't know in what capacity he wanted to get involved in politics, that was kind of the perfect opportunity. Absolutely. So I spent that whole summer uh, and traveling. And it's, ni- it's actually nice to be more open, to not have this very specific view, unless you have a real passion I, I for agree. something. I uh, agree. You know, because then you get the full yeah. uh taste of what it's yeah. like. And when you're traveling around, too, you really get yeah. to see it. You're not stuck in the headquarters. And it was especially valuable for somebody somebody young like me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I spent the state, uh, spent the summer traveling the state uh, with, with Rob McKenna. This was his first attorney general campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, learned an incredible amount from him. Wait, what year was that? This, this was 2004. Four. Okay, good. Yeah, 2004. Um, that's right. Well, we were, so I was working on Dino's campaign. I probably saw you. You might we would yeah, always, you might have. When so we I, were out and uh, about, yeah, we'd see I, you. I, see I interviewed with a friend of your husband's, I think, actually. Really? Yeah, with Afton. Oh, yeah, good old Afton. Yeah, are we allowed to say people's names on Absolute. this podcast? We'll shout out okay, to Afton well, Swift, current Idaho resident. We won't hold that against him. No. <laughs> so... So I, I took the job with the McKenna campaign and, and just loved it. And so the next yeah. summer, I got an internship for Congressman Hastings in Washington, D.C. Nice. Uh, really loved that, although That's I, Doc Hastings. I, I didn't so much love D.C. itself. I, I liked the things we were working on, but I sure miss Washington State. Um, oh, you didn't like all the arrogant Capitol Hill staffers? Not the ones from Washington State, by the, the way. My colleagues the other were ones. my colleagues were fantastic, but there is a tendency on Capitol Hill to treat every decision as if this is going to make or break the entire world. Mm-hmm. And five hours later, nobody can remember what they did five hours ago. Right. 
oftentimes mm-hmm. um i i did pick up on a little bit of that yeah yeah totally so you spend a little bit of time in dc yeah how how long just the summer right that was enough yeah yeah and it's a fun place you know you get to go it's a, and you, it's a good place to be in summer when, yeah, you when go you're a see college the, kid and you go um, see the went museum. Went to a bunch of Nationals games. Oh, nice. Um, they That's were back right. at RFK Stadium then. That's right. Um, they weren't there when I, I lived there in the mid-90s. Yeah. They much, were there, they were there when, when my then. dad was there. In oh, the were they? Oh, yes. That's right. They kind of skipped. <laughs> then okay. they went away. So you spent a summer there. Uh-huh. And 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 so then the the, the next summer, and then after I graduated from college, I, I worked for a small trade association, and then mm-hmm. uh, shortly thereafter was offered by Rob McKenna again to come back and work on his uh, 2008 Attorney General re-election campaign. Nice. And over sort of my, my introduction to politics and kind of my first real full-time job, um, I began to think that while I was very interested in this, politicians had a certain skill set that I wasn't sure I possessed. Mm. And so I was... What was maybe, that? Well, it's hard to articulate, but... So you were thinking of... I was thinking that maybe... on actually running, not yeah, just being a yeah, staff. Yeah, I thought that maybe someday I would want to run, but I... So you showed a little bit of self-awareness, as like, I, I'm not going to go right yeah, into this. As, as I got to know some really smart and successful politicians, I thought that maybe they were smart and successful for a particular reason. So yes. I didn't, dis- I didn't decide to never run for office, but I thought that it wasn't something I was going to spend my 20s worrying about. So I, I instead decided to go to law school, largely mm-hmm. because of Rob McKenna's influence. Mm-hmm. You know, he's an attorney, and he was the first guy who ever really explained to me that attorneys can do things besides what you see on Law & Order. And right. I only ever saw the kinds of attorneys on Law & Order. So that... That was really fascinating too. And yeah, so, and it can help. To, I was just—I'm not thinking of this on my own. I was just listening to the the Axe Files, the Axelrod podcast, and he had a former trade representative. He was saying, "Look, I went to law school because I wanted to." T-, it, he was basically saying he wanted to train his brain to think in a certain way and yeah. help analyze. Yeah, so. that, that re- I mean, that really is what law school is about. Mm-hmm. They don't—they don't just teach you a list of laws to memorize. Right. They teach you how to think like a lawyer. Yeah. So I went to law school. I'm uh, not, I'm not going to tell a lawyer joke here. That's by the okay. Way. Yeah, um, I was thinking about it for half a second. My dad was a lawyer, so y- y- don't worry. Y- y- by the time this is over, maybe maybe you'll need to get it out of you. Exactly. Okay. Um, so I went to law school, and again, went to law school out of state in in Indiana. Went to University of Notre Dame. Nice. It was Go a, Irish. It was a fantastic school. Uh, some really top notch professors. My first year of law school, uh, you take kind of six substantive classes as a one L. Um, Torts, property, constitutional mm-hmm. law, criminal law, uh, civil procedure, and um, something I'm probably forgetting about. Yeah. That is, oh, contracts. And so of those six professors, uh, four of them had clerked uh, for a Supreme Court justice. Wow. Which, um, nice. you know, is, is a ratio that probably no other law school in the country can match. For, That's amazing. For professors that teach first-year students. Mm-hmm. So I was incredibly lucky, uh, learned a lot, and... You know, Notre Dame sort of has a, it sends its alumni out all over the country. There's a huge presence mm-hmm. in Chicago and in New York. Uh, so I had a, a number of interviews that would have been fantastic jobs um, with, with firms that advise Wall Street banks, mm-hmm. um, IBM, a federal judge in Texas. And, but I knew I wanted to come back to Washington State. Right. Uh, I knew I liked it here, knew this is where I wanted to live and raise my family. Um, unfortunately, uh, the Seattle legal market wasn't rebounding from the recession as as mm. quickly as legal markets in other parts of the country. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> I decided to turn down all other job possibilities and come back to, to the Seattle area without a job in hand. Wow. Uh, and so thankfully, my wife sort of 
trusted me in that. And thankfully, <laughs> uh, within a few months, I was able to find a job working for the King County Council uh, okay. as a policy and legislative advisor to a King County Council member. Nice. And that was a, a really fascinating job and, and actually my first job sort of in government. And, and there really is sort of a, a different mentality between running the campaign, which oh, is yes. what I had spent a couple years doing before law school, and actually uh, implementing the policy that you do is, in uh, the government. Uh, you campaign in poetry and you govern in prose. Yeah. Well, also you govern in spreadsheets. Yes. And Yes. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of pros explaining what the heck those what the spreadsheets heck the spreadsheet, are talking about. Yes. Um, so the the plan at that point in in my life was to to spend a couple years sort of getting a better grasp of some some Washington State local government issues, uh, and then maybe finding a way to transition uh, into practice somewhere else, uh, maybe some kind of municipal law or something like that. Right. And uh, around this time, my wife and I had, had bought our house in Auburn, and mm -hmm. uh, I thought that, again, maybe someday I'd want to run for, office, run for office, but maybe city council or school board, and uh, only after I'd um, been appointed to more nonprofit boards than I could sure. count and spent, a, spent a, a, a lifetime in the community. And then someone, what, retired and then or stepped down? Far before I was prepared to do it, uh, my predecessor decided to uh, not run for re-election to her mm -hmm. house seat. There you go. And as I began to call around uh, some of my friends from uh, political circles to find out who was going to run for the seat, uh, because as an old political guy, I just wanted to help a good candidate win. Oh, and interesting. And it turned out that there really wasn't anybody so you were like, you were like, itching to run. And you were like Dick Cheney on George W. Bush's uh, VP uh, uh, search thing, yeah. where it's like, oh, we're going to, oh. Yeah. On, I'm not comparing on, you to Dick I, Cheney. Yes, I... You're the Dick Cheney of the for, 31st For the Democrat decimal. operatives listening, we should probably <laughs> yes. qualify no, this you as are not. only with respect to his VP search. Exactly. Am I anything like Dick Cheney? Yes. Do not think, even think of putting this in a campaign flyer, okay? So, so I, you know, I just wanted to find a good candidate that uh, I, could, I could help a little bit on the side. And it turns out there, there didn't really seem to be anybody waiting in the wings, so to speak. Mm -hmm. And after a number of people I talked to said, well, why don't you think about running? Mm -hmm. At first, I just sort of dismissed it out of hand. But after I thought about it a little bit, I, I realized that I didn't really have a good answer other than this isn't what I planned on. Yes. Um, so I, I started to think that maybe I did have some things I could bring to the table. Mm -hmm. uh, I mentioned that I went to Notre Dame Law School, and uh, their slogan is that they train a different kind of lawyer. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, boy, somebody running for the state legislature at age 29 instead of working for a huge law firm is certainly a different kind of lawyer. Exactly. So I thought that maybe this was actually something I could do, and so I, I, I announced that I was going to run. I filed for office. Mm -hmm. um, I expected there to be a, a vigorous campaign and people accusing me of being totally unqualified to do it. Right. And it, it actually wasn't like that at all. I, I had two opponents, somebody who called themselves an independent Democrat and okay. somebody who called themselves a Democrat but was a very conservative Democrat. Right. And it was the most cordial, cordial campaign. Wow. Uh, we, we got along great. Isn't um, that nice? We agreed on a ton of stuff. Wow. Um, uh, both of those guys uh, were, were, were great guys to run against. Um, one of That's them's fantastic. on the Enumclaw City Council still. He's doing mm -hmm. a great job representing Enumclaw. Um, and he actually teaches in, in the Auburn School District now, uh, where I live. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, everybody has had him as a teacher or a track coach. And um, so, great guy. So That's pretty and there great was not when you really don't have any to vitriol burn coming, any from, bridges. coming from any side directed at, at any other side. Uh, so, thankfully, though, I, I, 
I was elected and so came down here uh, at the beginning of the 2015 session and yeah. um, then was re-elected in 2016 and they, so they sent me back. Yeah, here you are. So now, now this is my third session. What, um, as a, I mean I don't want to pigeonhole you as a youngster, but look, take advantage of it while you can because in a little bit you're going to be middle-aged and looking back with, uh, I speak from experience. Well, I already have gray hair and <laughs> yes. I got my hair cut the other day and when I got, when, when I got to Olympia for the on Monday after the haircut on the weekend, J.T. Wilcox said, oh, you got a haircut. And I said, yeah. And he goes, boy, you really exposed a lot more gray hair than I knew you had. <laughs> little blunt. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I guess for men, it's it can be more distinguished. That's what they tell me. Um, so what do you... Uh, now, you have a certain, um, I would say, style about you. And l- looking at your Twitter feed, one of the things that made me want to have you uh, on the podcast is that your Twitter feed is well populated with arrested development gifts for those of you who don't know it's one of the best tv shows on television oh, from far. what the two early 2000s yeah earlier mid 2000s yeah yeah I, w- I was in college yes i was not but i won't say how old i was uh so you're not uh, you're not what they call technically a stuffed shirt no so you try to take you obviously have your, you know, you're a Republican, mm-hmm. you have strong beliefs, uh, but you are not taking these sort of, uh, I'm the most important person, you, you know, you're putting uh, arrested development gifts. You seem, yeah. you appear oh, to get along all. well with anytime, your Democratic colleagues. Yes, anytime somebody calls me Representative Stokesbury, I just recoil at that. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Um so wh- what would you say is your approach to politics in, in light of this, you know, the podcast is about, you know, oh, there's so much polar, political polarization. What's your approach to say, you know, you have strong beliefs on certain things, but sort of working with or collaborating with the other side or even negotiating or dealing with uh people with whom mm-hmm. you have disagreement because obviously it's yeah. a lot of times you, yeah. you will you will agree but f- for those times when you don't agree how what's your yeah. approach well so i've got a couple disparate thoughts and we'll see if i am able to tie it all together all right. to a, a, a cohesive theme that's all right we don't uh, i'm i rarely There's offer no cohesive, cohesive themes, themes so on podcasts? if you do okay. it you're one ahead of me so you know first of all i think uh, i know pretty well what I believe in and, and why I believe in those things. And I'm going to believe in those things pretty much no matter what is happening around me. Mm-hmm. And I'll try to explain to my constituents what I believe and why I believe it. And if if they think that they agree with me enough to send me here to represent them, that's, that's fantastic. Um, but I'm not really interested in, in changing what I believe just so I can keep coming back here. Yeah. So that's, that's one thought. Um, another thought is that I'm a Republican because when I look at what I believe, I think that has a lot more in common with the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. But I think any party um, is really just an, a, a mechanism to organize people that share a similar ideology, as opposed to the other way around, where your ideology ought to be driven by what party you're in. So um, from time to time, there's issues in which I disagree with my party on, and sometimes mm-hmm. I, I recognize that I might be out of step with the party on a particular issue. Um, and if you know, I, I'm concerned that the, the party is going too far in a particular direction, um, I haven't necessarily been shy about calling that out. Right. And again, that might not always be to my best political advantage, but it's more because I sort of know who I am, and that, that's who I'm going to be 
And it's also a matter of, uh, you know, remembering, are you here for the ideology or are you here for the governing? Right. Right. Well, and, and, and I think it's, I think um, there, there's a little bit of both. Um, sure, there's both. So the other, the other thought, too, that, that I kind of want to share is, you know, it, in, the, in the legislature, and the, the same is, is probably even more so, more, more so the case in Congress, um, we deal with a huge array of issues. Mm-hmm. And if you only ever worked with people who agreed exactly with you all the time, there would be nobody to work with on anything. Nothing right. could ever get done. Right. Um, actually, uh, Congressman Dave Reichert, who's my congressman, ma- made the point uh, to me and some colleagues one time in a meeting. Uh, he said, how many people in this room have ever agreed with their spouse 100% yes, of the time? Exactly. Uh, now, when I, when I relayed the story to Dan Christensen, he said, well, I always agree with my <laughs> yeah, spouse. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's, she's the one who doesn't always agree with me. <laughs> yeah. um, but it, it's true. Uh, I mean, the, the people that we've chosen to spend our lives with, and you don't we agree have with a them lot all in the common with each other. Otherwise, we wouldn't spend to agree to spend our lives with them. Exactly. Um, but yeah, we don't agree on everything all the time. So if you can't even get your own spouse to agree with you on everything, how on earth can you get every single constituent and every single colleague to agree with you on everything? And and you can't. Yeah, we're human so, beings, right? You have to have some. Yeah. Why should this segment, this uh, governance, be different than? any other aspect of life, whether it's married life or with your friends or at work, when do you have 100% agreement? Unless you're Kim Jong-un, right? Well, actually, we don't want to go down that road, Little did you know that he has 120% approval ratings in North Korea. It's the highest approval ratings anywhere. Wow. What a guy. And that haircut and that portly demeanor. You can't go wrong with that. So, once you sort of Joke, realize, by the way, also yes, don't he don't I, say that he endorsed Kim Jong Un. I know okay. that sarcasm doesn't come across well on the yes, internet, sarcasm so I emoji. hope it comes across well enough over podcasts. Yes, yes. So once you sort of realize that things, everything in, in Olympia takes a majority to accomplish, mm-hmm. and there's not one other person that agrees with you on everything. Mm-hmm. The corollary of that is. To get anything accomplished, you got to work with people that you don't agree with on every topic. Right. So you've got to find what topics you do agree with people on. So, for example, um, you know, I, I represent a district that's fairly rural. Uh, Second Amendment rights are very important to mm-hmm. us. They're, they're very important to me personally. And mm-hmm. um, I recognize that not everybody agrees with that, though. And so I'll try to make my case as best I can. But so, so one good example is. Um, there's a, a Democrat legislator that I get along with very well. Uh, she had a bill that uh, she was sponsoring this year, and I considered that it might do a little bit of harm to the Second Amendment. Mm-hmm. She didn't see it that way, but mm-hmm. I, I thought it did, and she actually asked me to, to sign on to it because she known that I'd worked with her on some other issues. And I oh, explained to her you know, why I didn't think I could and, and what my concerns were, and she said, well, I tell you what. I like you so much, and I want you back here so badly. I'm not even going to let you sign on because wow. uh, you're right that it probably wouldn't be the right thing for you mm-hmm. to do. And she feels very deeply and passionately about this issue. Um, yet both of us sort of recognize that we're never going to agree on it. Um, right. We might spend some time explaining why we think how we do, but not demonizing um, but the other. We're, we're not you're gonna, a crazy gun nut. You don't gonna, care about yeah, safety, and, and, and we're not going to convince each other that they're right. wrong in a 15 minute meeting. Right. Um, but that doesn't mean that we still can't find other things to work on, and right. we still can't be cordial about 
the things we do disagree on. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, so I think that's a little bit illustrative of, of how I've tried to approach And things. then that paves the way, too, if you're like that on these issues. Who knows, maybe down the road uh, with her, with somebody else, mm-hmm. you're trying to do a much bigger deal uh, and having built that relationship and trusting each other mm-hmm. will bear fruit. Yeah. Not just for you personally, but actually for policy, getting the right policy. Yeah, I think I think for so the state. too. I think so too. Mhm. Good. Well, um I see it's 12:30. You're going to be going on to mm-hmm. a an important budget meeting. You're now the ranking member on uh, the House the Appropriations ranking me- assistant. Or, or, or the assistant to the ranking That's member right, not as ranking I like member. to say. Assistant to the ranking member on the House Appropriations yeah. Committee. So you're a lot bu- are you a lot busier this it year? It is it is very busy. Mm-hmm. And of I, course this is a big budget writing. I year. used to think during my first term I you know you have all these meetings. Everybody wants to talk to you once once you're elected. Mm-hmm. Um, and in fact, they they tell you to only schedule people in 15 minute increments. Otherwise, you could never meet everybody you need to meet with. And right. so that's that's what we do. And so I remember my first two years thinking how busy I was because I was just running from 15 minute meeting to 15 minute meeting, mm-hmm. and it never seemed to end. Well, this year now that I'm the assistant. Uh, assistant ranking member on appropriations committee, and uh, I was also elected into House Republican leadership mid-session. That's so I'm, right. I'm assistant floor leader as well. A lot yeah. of assistants, a lot of ass- assistant to the. You're getting uh, there. It, it feels like sometimes. Yeah. Um, both of those roles uh, require a lot of work, a lot more meetings, and mm-hmm. so now I don't define busy in terms of how many meetings in a row do I have. But how many meetings do I have that are going on at the same time oh, that I have to bounce back and the forth overlap. between? So, yeah. So now busy for me is when I'm supposed to be three places at once. Yes. Good times. It is. Yeah. Well, you're a busy person, especially this session. But I signed session. up for it. I'm, I'm still fascinated by the work. You know, my, my primary role is to represent my constituents, and, mm-hmm. and, and I'm never going to forget that. But um, there is a component of this that... that is like a job. I mean, we're humans. This is a job I show up oh, to, and, and I'm, yeah. you know, doing this instead of another Something job. Else. And so, to the extent that this is a job like another one, I couldn't imagine having a better job. That couldn't imagine being more interested or more excited to come to work every day. So I'm very grateful to the folks that let me do that. That's uh, awesome. Both my constituents for sending me down here, and my mm-hmm. family for allowing me for to allowing come it. down yes. here. That's great. Well, we thank you very much, Drew, for coming on our podcast. Thanks for having me, well, Mary. Yeah, sometime uh, out of session when you're we have a little bit more breathing room. Well, maybe we'll have you on again. All right, we'll get you on with Randy All right. too. I look forward to it. Yeah. All right. All right. Thanks, and thank you to our listeners. This has been Common Ground from the Washington Research Council. A reminder: in addition, in addition to listening to our podcast on researchcouncil.org, we're also on iTunes, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Thanks, and we'll talk to you next time. Mm-hmm.